Welcome to Making It Plain with Dr. Key. I am your host, Dr. Key, and in episode 13 of Making It Plain, we are discussing financing your dream. We have our guest, Tara Jackson. She's known as Madam Money and the founder of Dualpreneur. Welcome, Tara. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited that you are here with us today. And before we even dig into what we're going to talk about, I want the listeners to know the meaning behind your name, Madam Money. Why they call you Madam Money? <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you that. But first, I'm so stoked that we're episode 13. Lucky 13. I just <laughs> love it every minute of it. Um, let's see, Madam Money. Well, about 11 years ago, I wrote a book called Financial Fornication. Um, I kind of figured if sex can sell a cheeseburger, it could sell financial literacy. So, um, and I thought I was going to be ostracized of all the churches in the world, but they embraced me because, you know, we all need to be delivered from financial fornication. And actually, um, uh, a young lady, I think she was around 80 years old, um, at a Kojic conference that I was speaking at, um, talking about financial fornication, came up to me afterwards and said, Oh, financial fornication. I guess that makes you the madam of money. I guess I should call you madam money. And I said, I guess you should. And <laughs> so I liked it. It stuck. And, you know, it was just one of those things. A little old lady in Kojic, I don't know where she is, <laughs> but she is responsible. And I promise you, there have been a couple of times when I've been trying to get rid of that chick, madam money. <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> they love it, huh? They love it. She just ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, COVID has had a huge impact on finances of many people. But I have seen so much growth amongst Black women starting all of these different businesses and projects. I had a sorority sister inbox me and she's like, I, I, I never met her before, but she was like, you know, hey, sorority, I started a lipstick line. Can you buy two of my lip glosses? And I'm like, bet. And I realized that people are home now. And even if they're working from home, they have these dreams that they put on a back burner and, and they have more time now. So can you tell us what people should be considering in regards to finances during a pandemic? Well, during the pandemic, um, especially when you're working from home, if you are working from home, you want to try to um, stash as much cash as possible. Because one, we don't know how long this is going to last. And then two, as soon as the pandemic's over, it's going to teeter right into a recession. So they're very, um, we're currently really in a recession right now when you have a certain amount of quarters that are on down, um, but they're not going to officially announce it because of the pandemic, because they're going to say the pandemic is what caused it. But we were on a brink of a recession right before the pandemic hit. And so when that happens, that comes with loss of jobs, lower income, and not really having disposable income. So if you are able to save more money because you're not commuting, you're not traveling, you're working from home, you know, you're still getting paid. There's a lot of people that are still getting paid or they're getting the unemployment or they're getting the, the, um, the pandemic benefits from that. Save as much cash as you can because we don't know how long, how much longer the money is going to be there. Um, also, if you know that you have your job and now that you have more time at home, this is the prime opportunity to start checking your dreams. Try, you know, 
you want to be an entrepreneur, what is it that you want to be? Because I always say your corporate job is your first corporate sponsor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so that corporate job allows you to invest in your business, invest in coaching, invest in a website, invest in product or whatever, invest in your learning right now. So this is the great time because when things get back to normal, you might have to go back into the hustle and bustle and you won't have that time. So stack your cash and leverage your time with starting the business and use your business as that first capital investor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the whole whole process of dualpreneur is that, you know, I'm addicted to the direct deposit. Don't judge me. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I love my income from my business, but it can be sporadic at times. But I love the fact of knowing that I got some money coming in every two weeks. I don't necessarily rely solely on it because I have multiple streams of income, but sometimes you need to know, you need some steady, you need to have some stability mm-hmm. um, while you're growing your business until that business can provide that stable revenue. Thank you. Thank you for that. So what advice do you have for individuals seeking to increase their revenue but have limited funds to finance the dream? Well, there's always ways that you can do it. And the great thing now is that we have social media. So mm-hmm. social media is what's leveling the playing field. You don't have to have hundreds and thousands of dollars to start a business. You know, mm-hmm. you can start with social media and grow into your own website and grow to other things. So leverage social media, leverage relationships. Like you said, your server hits you up and said, hey, you know, I'm starting this business. Will you buy, you know, two of my lip glosses, right? What I love about what she did is she was very specific about how she needed you to support her. There's too many times we say, hey, can you support my business? And we're like, yeah, I support you, rah, rah, congratulations. But you didn't tell me exactly what you wanted me to do. So if you want a family member or a friend to support your business, be very specific as to what you want them to do. Hey, can you buy two of my $5 um, jewelry, you know, necklaces or earrings? Here's the link for that. Can Mm. you buy one of my lipsticks? Can you, you know, purchase this? Can you register for this? Be very specific because family and friends, some of, most of them want to support you. They don't know how, and they're not going to try to figure it out. It's just not going to happen. But for anyone that is working off of a shoestring budget, I mean, you don't have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can start off with leveraging social media and then grow into Mm -hmm. something more. I like that. Leveraging social media and letting that grow. Mm -hmm. That's a great idea. And so for those that never, ever thought about having a business, owning a business, being a dualpreneur, where should they even begin? Should they begin at social media? Should they begin in other places? Well, if they never thought about it, one, I think every person should have some form of business because the tax laws benefit employers and entrepreneurs. They don't benefit employees. And uh, you know, I wanna explain that real quick, right? So as an employee, you make your money, you have some tax deductions, then you're taxed, and then you can spend what's left over, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not usually a lot left over after they tax you, okay? Mm-hmm. But as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as an employer, 
you make the money, you have tax deductions, you have all of your expenses, business expenses, and what is left over is what's taxed, if there's anything left over. So if there's nothing left over, you could get a refund. If there is anything left over, that's why they're like, where are all your business tax deductions and all of that? So mm -hmm. I always tell everyone, don't get a second job, get a business so you can take advantage of those tax deductions. Now, if you've never thought about it, now you're thinking about it and everything, the first thing you wanna do know is what is it, what's the product or service you wanna sell and what problem does it solve, right? Mm -hmm. So before you start promoting on social media and everything, if you don't solve a problem, then you're not going to be able to sell anything. So you mm -hmm. always promote the problem and sell the solution. So mm -hmm. figure out what is the problem that you solve? What is the solution that you have to solve the problem? And who has the freaking problem, right? <laughs> because if you know who has the problem, then you know who you're gonna market to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So let's start right. with those three things. What, what is the problem that you solve? How do you solve the problem and who has the problem? Now, once you figure all that out, then you'll know whether to go on Facebook or LinkedIn or Pinterest or whatever, because it's going to be based on who has the problem. So a millennial who has a problem with something is going to probably be on Instagram or TikTok. But if you're my age in the, your late 40s, you're probably going to be on Instagram and Facebook or LinkedIn because I'm a professional. So I'll probably be on LinkedIn. So if mm -hmm. you want to capture me, you'll probably need to be on LinkedIn. And when I say capture me, you're talking about what's called an avatar mm -hmm. or your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. And you really, really doc, um, your ideal customer is who can pay you, <laughs> right? Right. Because I started off trying to help people that had problems with money. Well, they can't afford to pay me if they got problems with money. So I'm shooting myself in the foot. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure, I had to go change my mindset and said, I'm going to reach out to the corporations who have the money, who want to support those people that have problems because mm -hmm. they don't have the resources or the technical staff to do it. So then I had corporations to start paying me to help the people that I naturally wanted to help. Right. Right. And you have to be smart about it because that's strategic. You have to have a strategy. So basically you're telling people, if you know that you want to start a business, you need to start strategizing about that business now. Yeah. And most people don't know what strategizing means. They really don't know what strategy means. Like for the mm -hmm. first 10 years of my professional life, I heard the word strategy. I just didn't understand what it meant. Mm -hmm. Strategy is just creating a plan to execute. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So the, the three things that I told you is if you, understand if someone has a problem and I'll give you a prime example. Mm -hmm. I own a website company, right? Mm -hmm. SRJ websites. And um, the reason why I resurrected, cause I've been doing websites for like 25 years. I just never really said anything because I had Madam Money, a dualpreneur. I had so many other things. I was the um, interim president CEO of a financial institution. I didn't have the time to do that. But as soon as COVID hit and no one could go anywhere, these small businesses were hurting if they were the touch type of companies. And mm. the problem that they had was they did not, they weren't able to go out and touch people. They didn't have a virtual storefront and mm. they needed a virtual storefront and they needed it to look professional because people now were very, um, 
what do you call um um judgmental if you will because now they have options right so and they didn't have a lot of money so what i wanted to do is make every small business owner look like a fortune 500 company regardless of their size online Mm -hmm. and do Mm -hmm. it at a reasonable price And so the problem was most people needed a professional looking website. Mm -hmm. I provide website design and development. That's the solution. Who needed that? Small business owners. A majority of them were women. Majority of them were African-American women. So Mm -hmm. I just talked to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was my target audience. Where was the target audience? That target audience primarily was on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I hit up most of my friends who I knew needed websites or updated websites and said, hey, I can help you with this website, give you a discount, whatever, start off. Now I need you to to give me two more referrals. Now, those four people give me two more referrals each. Right. So the business grew primarily based off it's a referral base. I haven't really done any advertising. But what I started off is I identified what the need was or the problem. Mm-hmm. I was the solution or had the solution and I figured out who had the problem. So I knew where to start marketing and promoting my business. Great example of just growing a business off of referrals and word of mouth and really just targeting your network. They always tell you to target your network when you're starting a business, but people don't really know what that means or how to go about doing it or how to even ask people. They feel like they're asking people for something, right? Yeah. Um, Most people don't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how to approach it. Right. And I think that's a great example. You said, look, I'll give you a discount. I know you need a website, but I need you to refer me to two other people. And so word of mouth. And then they had evidence to show because they had a website. Exactly. Great. So you actually coined dualpreneur and created a whole community movement around it. Can you tell us more about the ideology behind this term and why why it was so important for you to build this brand around this ideal? Yeah, um, it it happened. I, um, I quit my job. I was the interim president CEO and the executive vice president for credit union in uh, credit union, Atlanta, Georgia. And it just got to be a little bit too much. And I decided it was time for me to go. And I decided to quit my job. My grandmother gave me her blessing. If my grandmother hadn't given me the blessing, I'd probably still be there. But my grandmother gave me her blessing and I decided to go. And I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't quite know what I wanted to do to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, they want to work for themselves. They want to be an entrepreneur, but they don't really know what product they're going to sell or what they're going to do or whatever. And so I literally spent a whole year, I call it my $50,000 year um, Mm -hmm. vacation because I really didn't do anything. And then I didn't want to invest in myself that year, right? I was like, I don't want to invest in, I don't want to invest $3,000 in a coach. And then I ended up spending Mm $30,000, you know, and have nothing to show for it versus investing $3,000 in a coach. And she probably could have helped me make $50,000. Right. I wanted to do it myself and I wanted to learn how to do it myself and doing it myself may have, you know, it, it looked like it saved me money, but overall it cost me time, which cost me money. Right. 
And so when I failed miserably at being an entrepreneur, um, I had no more money, had no more savings. I had to go back to work. And that was the most gut-wrenching feeling. I felt like a failure, right? I mm -hmm. failed at being an entrepreneur. I had to come to grips that an entrepreneur not making any money is unemployed. But I didn't want to grasp onto that logic. Mm -hmm. um, but I needed benefits. You know, my son mm -hmm. has mental health issues. He needed benefits. You know, I, I had type two diabetes, hypertension. I needed medication. Right. And so I, I, I went back into the workforce. And uh, I think maybe about three or four months while I was working again, one, I was doing something I loved again, working with credit unions. Two, I was making a hell of a lot of money and I was able to start banking the money that I lost. So I started being addicted to saving money, but then I had the money to go to the conferences. I had the money to trademark dual penor. I had the money to trademark Madam Money. I had the money to, you know, invest into my business. I, I you know, and then what I realized, like this was probably the smartest thing that I could have ever done because my job sustained my lifestyle while I can grow my business. Whether my business makes money or not, I still have a baseline to take care of my household. And so it just reminded me of that passenger plane. When you go on a passenger plane, think of how many engine it has. It has at least two. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it has at least two is for fail safe in case one of them bad boys conks out. Right. Because technically it only needs one engine to fly in right. the air, right? Mm -hmm. but it has multiple for fail safe. And so that's what I was creating. I was creating those fail safes. We call them multiple streams of income. Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I always say I, I create multiple streams of income because I have multiple streams of bills and dreams. So right. I, I have to do that. And, you know, I can have my benefits and build my business too. You know, I'm addicted to the direct deposit and it, it's okay. <laughs> so I wanted to change the narrative of people who work because I got sick of people saying that you had to quit your job to really be an entrepreneur. That's a, that's a bunch of bull. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a bunch of bull. You can have your job and you can be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can have a job and have multiple enterprises. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that are self-employed. They're employed for themselves. And if they get sick, no one's doing the work and they don't get paid. I'm not trying to be that chick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I wanted to celebrate those that do work part-time or full-time and have entrepreneurial ventures. They understand the value of multiple streams of income. They understand the value of having that job to be their first corporate investor so they can grow and learn the right way so they don't lose a whole lot of money like I did when I tried to figure out how to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So that's where dualpreneur really came about. Dual, dual engine income, dual, and you know, that, that's where the dualpreneur comes in. And I celebrate everyone who is working and has a side business, a side hustle, whatever, because it takes a special kind of person to be able to do all that. There's, fam there's, there's individuals that not only have their job, but they have families, they have children, they're going mm -hmm. to school, they're doing all this. 
and they have their side businesses. You can't tell me they're not super fat. They're not superheroes. I, I can't know, even believe it. It's it's so funny. I was excited when you came out with the term because I said, wait a minute, that makes sense. You know, when I was much younger, I had an event planning company. I had two small children. My kids remember setting up for events. And we did flowers. We did everything from decorating to planning entire events. Six-figure weddings is what I focused on. That was my target audience. Mm -hmm. And I had my own office and everything. And I can tell you, I worked from 9 to 4 p.m., left my job, went straight to pick up my kids. We all went to my office and I worked on my wedding business and they watched their little videos and had their little dinner in the mm -hmm. office. And that was life for me. Mm -hmm. I had multiple streams of income. I loved it. And it was a routine. My kids were younger and I was able to do that. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, a lot of people are so in a rush to quit their jobs not realizing the value of actually having that job in the first place. Absolutely. You know, one of my best friends, she has a booming um, juicing business. I mean, it's just been booming and they're getting ready to open up a juice bar nice. and she works full time. I always wanted to open up a juice bar. So I'm jealous of her. That's awesome. And she works full time and she has a whole brand and, and workout gear and everything and works full time. And people don't understand the value of working full time. She well, doesn't have to worry about benefits. You, she doesn't have to worry about benefits, but she's probably using some of her money she's getting from her job as capital for her business. Oh, yes, definitely. You know definitely. what I'm saying? She's able to pay her bills so her credit could be, you know, hopefully is relatively yes. good. So if she needs to get business credit, you know, she can exactly. handle that. You, you know exactly. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and, and it's one of those things where if you have a job and you get business credit, business credit line, what if the business doesn't make any money? That money still needs to be paid back. Exactly. So at least you have a source of income that's coming in to, to maintain the payments so it doesn't negatively affect your personal or your business credit. That's true. You have the capital. So what advice would you give small businesses that are right now, they're breaking even, right? Um, but they really need to stab stabilize and sort of increase their revenue. And they're just breaking even. We're in the middle of a pandemic. They're mm -hmm. afraid that, you know, sales could be dwindling soon. Mm -hmm. um, one, again, stack as much cash and reserve as possible. We sometimes forget to put money in reserve. Okay. And the reserve is for those down um, revenue times, those down sales times, right? Most people are like, oh, I, I need the money now. Well, you're really going to need it when you have no sales. So right. you want to have a reserve so that you have a cushion when the sales drop because, you know, sales are seasonal. You know, some people thrive during the holidays and some people, they don't. It hurts during the holidays. So mm -hmm. you have to know what your, your, your peaks and your valleys are for your business. So that's one. Two, understand the cash management, okay? So one of the things that I did with my cash management is I started asking for money sooner because, you know, it's, it's a billing type thing. So, I, you know, you get 50% up front and then the rest is at a certain time. So instead of holding it out 60, 90 days, they got to pay me within 30 days. Mm. And then if it, mm -hmm. they need a little bit longer than 30 days, then we can work on 45 days, 60 days. But I need you to know that I'm giving you 30 days to pay your invoice. Mm -hmm. And then if we need to work it out, then we can work it out. But, yeah. you know, get the money sooner. Um, start looking at 
um, if you're a small business owner and you've been in business for at least a year, you should be able to see a trend or understand, okay, it was this month was really good in sales. This month was horrible in sales because now you should be coming into the next cycle. Right. And taking COVID into consideration, depending on what your business is, the cycle is probably going to do the same thing. Or if it's not, you're going to have to think if you are, say, Doc, you, you were um, uh, a restaurant or you were someone that's face to face because of COVID. Now it's limited. Right. So what are you going to do to turn that to a visual, a virtual uh, situation so you can make money for virtual products and services. For example, event planners. I have a whole lot of event planners who are my clients for websites, right? My whole thing is everybody's doing a virtual event and not everybody knows how to plan it. Not everybody knows what to think through and all that stuff. You can, you can provide virtual planning um, assistance, virtual event planning. Yeah. You, you, you make you make I make money off of virtual event planning, and I'm, I'm not even. I can't say that I am an event planner because of, I don't team many events that I put on, but still, you know, I don't claim to be an event planner, but I get paid to help produce virtual events. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So there's a way to turn something virtual, but yeah, if if a bare minimum, dude stack your cash as much as you can. Even if you're putting $10, $50, $100 aside or whatever, try to stack as much as you can because when there are no sales, you're gonna need, your bills still need to be paid because the way my bills are set up, they really don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they don't care if I'm making money or not. They wanna get paid. Mm-hmm. And it's very smart. I remember when I had my, my event planning business, I was breaking even. But it was breaking even with all bills paid. I was not paying the bills out of my own finances. Right. And I think there's a difference in that. When, when you get to that point, you have to have reserves. You have to have cash saved because event planning was up and down. I mean, Christmas hit and, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to January to start back up and kicking in with the, the next group of people who got engaged over the holidays right. or, or whatever. So you have to level up. And I think the pandemic, people have found creative ways to level up. And I always use my best friend as an example because her business was a was a, a touch business. People would come in to get her juicing products, but right. she also had this website. And what they did very quickly, she you know involved her family and they did delivery quick in the middle of a pandemic exactly delivery and they started doing delivery she did not miss a coin she will say i made more money yep during the pandemic i made more money during the pandemic (laughs) than ever and but the other thing is if you are just breaking even well most companies when you're a small business you're you know you're probably going to lose the first year and then you'll break even and then you'll start seeing a profit. Most people have this misnomer that as soon as you start a business, you're going to make a profit. That's Uh, just not how that works. I mean, you know, it's like Facebook on a wall. That's not how this all works, right? So it's a natural progression of you probably will lose money the first one or two years. You'll probably start breaking even Mm -hmm. um, maybe two years and then you'll start seeing a profit. Um, But if you feel like the margin is still too small, like your bills and your income are like right neck to neck, then you want to start cutting down on some of the expenses. What are some expenses you can cut down? There's a lot of people that are paying for space 
God. They don't need to pay for space. Yeah. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You don't need an office. That's just your, that's your ego. Your yeah. ego is what's expensive. You don't need an office. You create a home office or you get one of those shared spaces or whatever. Um, yeah. One of my girlfriends, she was like, I want to get an office. I want to get, I'm like, why? Everything that you do, you can do it virtually or you can meet them in a public place or you can go someplace and do private. Why do you need an office? Because she felt it legitimized herself. Mm. But she didn't have a website. I was like, I'm sorry, a website is the yellow pages. If you weren't in the yellow pages, what, 10, 20 years ago, you weren't a legitimate business. If people can't Google you and find you, you're not a legitimate business. There's so many businesses now that are killing the brick and mortar because it's too much overhead. Right. When they can have a virtual storefront, they can create, they can do Zoom calls. They can, you know, they can do every, mostly everything virtually. So some things, you know, look at your expenses and see where you can cut out. You, you know, stop making donations to subscriptions that you're not even using anymore. Great points. Great points. And I know people want to have that office. They want to have that image. It's the image that goes with it. And they think they'll get more business from having image. And I always say, do they even know the foot traffic? There's a whole science to getting a right. space, right? It's what is the traffic? How many people are going to see you from the curb? You have to really study this stuff or it's mm-hmm. no, it's not worth even having the space. Exactly. I mean, think about a lot of the companies that are shutting down physical spaces. It just doesn't economically make sense. Yeah, a lot of jobs are being lost, but if there's not enough foot traffic and not enough sales coming into a location, it's not worth keeping the facilities open and paying for the rent utilities and all of that. So we have to start thinking the same way. Mm -hmm. Even if we're spending time, it could be an organization that we are paying dues for, but we're not getting any value. We're just giving donations for them. You know, is it really, are you getting a return on your investment by continuing to do this? Now, if you're philanthropist and you just want to give the money, that's your prerogative. But if it's something that's for your business and you're not doing anything with it, you may need to reevaluate a lot of the expenses that are coming out. That'll, that'll help your profit margin right there. Great point. So where would you encourage people to go for support as they begin to build and, and finance their dream? Where should they go to, to, to get some help? The Small Business um, Administration has great resources. They even have coaches um, if you want to do that. I do recommend that anyone um, get with a business coach that you like, know, and trust. I do business coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And because uh, with my clients, I, I take them from soup to nuts, from, from the thought process of an idea of a business all the way to executing the business and that means you're legitimizing your business it's a structure you know whether it's llc sole proprietor whatever you have an understanding of what your brand is what your problem is what your you know products and services are for the solutions who your target market is so we go through a series of of different things to start your business or to help your business grow so even with small business owners we don't know what we don't know Right. right and then we spend a lot of money on programs that doesn't really give us the information that we thought we were going to get. I say get with a coach that is a little bit hands-on. It may cost you a couple thousand dollars, but it'd be worth it than losing 
the time and the money of, you know, a couple thousand dollars if you don't get one. So I, I encourage people to find a business coach or find a coach that can help them through that process. Um, you know, cause we have a lot of things I was thinking about and one of my clients wanted to do click funnels. I was like, you don't even have an email list to do click funnels. Okay. Let's start with building an email list. Let's start with that. Instead of paying $1,200 a year for a system you may not even use yet. That's not saying that you can't use click funnels, but you know, you're, you're trying to run a marathon and you don't even know how to walk yet. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so let, let's, let's get there and understand that is what we want. You, you can't pay $99 a month and you're not making any money. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Now right. it's different if I'm going to invest in a coach, cause the coach is going to teach me how to make the money. So my, my, the whole thought process is even if I don't make the money back, eventually I'm going to make the money back because I'm going to know better or know more than I did when I first started. Great point. Invest in a coach if you want to get it started and get on the right track. Yeah, I mean, you can do it yourself, but it's going to take you time and lots of money. Now, I want to ask you because I know um, some people also get into hiring, you know, PR people, PR firms to help get the word out about their business or about their expertise. What are your thoughts on that? At what point should people think be thinking about PR? Um... That, that, that's a really hard one. It really depends. If you're just starting out, um, it depends on what you want to do, right? In some cases, you don't necessarily need a PR person um, because a PR person doesn't guarantee results. They can mm. get you in front of, you know, different people or whatever, but it's not guaranteed you're going to get the results that you want. You're not going to get the sales or whatever, right? I've been on national television. I've been national syndicated radio. I've been um, international, Al Jazeera News or whatever. So I've done all that without a PR person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that I, right now I have a, a booking agent. I have an agent. Mm-hmm. And so when I get requests in my email, if it, if it looks a certain way, I'll forward it to my agent and my agent will then um, figure out if it's the right thing, if they're truly trying to pay and all of that. Mm-hmm. But as far as a PR person, um, it, it's a really hit or miss. I, if you're just starting out and you have the cash, you want to do it, you can try it out. Um, but there are some things that you can just do yourself. I think that one of the biggest things that I did for people to find me was I built a platform. I've built several platforms. I stopped waiting for people to call me on their platform and I built platforms that other people wanted to get on. So I had the boss brunch, the business owner success strategies brunch. And so I got sick of waiting for people to invite me to speak at their event. So I created an event. It was in Washington, DC and went on for six years. Um, We didn't do it this year. I'm glad I didn't because of COVID. Um, But people pay me to get on my platform to speak to the audience. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I build a platform for dualpreneur. And so the platform is, you know, virtual, but I provide tips and advice. When you do that, you put it on YouTube, you put it on social media. And then that, that, that way people can find you. There's a lot of people, they don't need a public relations person. They just need to put this stuff out there and allow people to find your butt. For mm-hmm. real. How are you going to have an Instagram account? It's private. Get right. 
Yep. Girl. They can't even look at your products. They can't even look at who you are. They can't even Google you. Look, and the, the, the excuse most people have is I don't want them knowing my business. Well, then you're not in business. You, you know what I'm saying? You can't say I don't want people to know my business, but you and you want to hire a PR person to promote your business. No, let's start with unblocking your social media. <laughs> and if you don't want people to know that, that business, don't share that business. So right. I have two different Facebook accounts, personal Facebook accounts. One, I don't even go on because that's my personal, personal one. Mm -hmm. I think I maybe have 200 family and friends, but I have another Facebook account, which I'm primarily on that has 5,000 friends because I post on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want them to know my personality. I want them to see when I'm happy, sad, because people buy people. Right. People right. buy, you know, and then they listen. And there's a method to my math, net madness. And then there's what's called priming the pump. That's what I teach a lot of my clients on how to prime the pump. Mm -hmm. And so you, you can leverage social media. And that's how a lot of my Essence, Essence uh, Festival found mm -hmm. me on social media. They Googled money expert something. And I, I was, I was the top page. I was at the top of the page. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's, I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a PR person. Shout out mm -hmm. to all my PR friends. You know, they do great work. Um, but when you're starting out and you have limited funds, again, social media and how you position yourself, you can start a YouTube channel for free right. and they don't have to be perfect videos. You need to show your expertise. Right. You, you right. know, I, I do several, I do several videos, straight, no chaser, no makeup. Mm -hmm. And I give some of the best advice then, but people see me as, you know, see it as authentic and people buy authenticity too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And transparency. Absolutely. So I want my listeners to be able to keep up with you, keep up with your projects, see if they can reach out to you and maybe they need a business coach. What do they need to do? How do they get to you? Well, there's two ways you can get to me. You can go to madammoney.com, M-A-D-A-M-M-O-N-E-Y.com, or you can go to dualpreneur, D-U-A-L-preneur.net. You can find me on all social media, either dualpreneur or Madam Money. I am there. Um, I am registered trademark on both of them. So if you see anybody using them, let me know so I can send them a nice little cease and desist. But you should be able <laughs> to find me um, you can also amazon.com. You can get my books, financial fornication, as well as the four financial languages. So, you know, you can Google me, boo. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you find Google me. me. <laughs> Google me. I love it. So this is our season finale. This is our 13th episode. I started this podcast during a pandemic. Okay. Um, and it's just to get some concepts out there, make it real plain for our listeners, but I could not have a season finale without releasing something. And so I am releasing a handbag line, um, fully designed by me, and it will be out very, very soon before the holidays, we hope. Um, and so I'm so super excited. So I want to let my listeners know to be on the lookout for Belinda B boss bags. They are designed for the women that are wearing multiple hats, still want to be stylish, but need a big bag to carry all that stuff in. I know that's right. <laughs> okay. I we know, know that's right. You bag. should see my bag. And I am the queen of huge bags. And everyone always say, where do you get that bag from? Look, I designed some just for you. So be on the lookout for that 
you know me I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook but it's Dr. Key the Dr. Key and making it plain with Dr. Key and we just want to thank Tara for being here with us for sharing her expertise for sharing her brilliance for talking to us about business and making some wise decisions as we begin to embark on new things and using our jobs to fund our dreams and stop just working for the employer and kind of feel like sometimes we feel like we're not getting enough out of it or we're not putting it into it or we have abandoned our dreams we don't have to abandon our dreams we can actually fuel our dreams yes right so thank everyone for joining us thank you tara again Please follow us on Instagram, Making It Plan with Dr. Key.